Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. Welcome to the Discerning Gamer Podcast. Your premium destination for all things gaming culture. We have the latest in gaming news, reviews of the hottest new games, discussion and analysis of the games of yesteryear. When you're short on time and need your gaming fix, look no further than the crew who know their master chief from their master sword. I love Halo. Your hosts, Joel, Simon, Casey, and Ferg. So toss a coin to your Witcher and answer that call of duty. It's time to level up. This is the Discerning Gamer Podcast. Oh, it certainly is. And what a absolute delight it is to be here with you once again. I am your host, Joel JB Fury by Shane. And if the Discerning Gamer podcast is a car with an eight-cylinder engine, we are firing on at least five of those tonight. <laughs> so you are in for a massive treat, a massive treat tonight. Uh, big week, big week in gaming news. We've got uh, all sorts of news coming out about the uh, acquisition Microsoft are making of Activision Blizzard, and it's caused a bit of a, a bit of a fight with one of their big rivals. It's Microsoft v Sony on this one. Oh, so, I was going to say Sega. I was going to say Se- Sega. <laughs> well, not uh, not quite. Uh, but uh, oh, there's plenty of action going on there. But uh, if you haven't already guessed, I can't do it by myself. So as always, with me in in the DG crew tonight, we have uh, in no particular order uh, the PC gamer, the Sultan of Steam. Like a cutscene featuring a severed hand holding a lit cigar floating through space, children are slightly <laughs> frightened when they see his gaming prowess online. It's Fergus Fergamon Hamilton. Welcome to the show, Fergus. G'day, JB. How are you, mate? That's oh, it. Hide your kids. Um, Hide your wife. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm perfect. Yeah, I'm lost for words. That's fantastic. Also with us, we've got, uh, well, he's the gaming chef. He's the Earl of Emotional Damage. He's Jin Sakai in the streets and Koten Khan in the sheets. It's none other than Simon Steely McLaughlin. Oh, you better believe it. Wipeout. I'm going to take the whole song just to walk All in the right. room. Yeah. Fake, fake walk in the room and, and you know... Maybe I'll whip out my. No, I won't do that. Uh... Yeah, yeah, come on, mate. This is this is this is. Uh... Uh, no, it's good to be here, Joel. It's it's really good to be here because obviously, um, you know, we we've had a a week away from the show, and I am just like somebody that hasn't had their meth this week after going to um, um, Methaholics Anonymous. Uh, I'm chewing at my lips to talk about this stuff. So get me in, get well, me in, lick it, lick it before you slip it. Finally, we've got the Nintendo Queen. Her hatred oh for God. Cuphead makes her the only person in the world feared by King Dice himself. It's Casey C. Mac <laughs> McLaughlin. Welcome to the show, C. Mac. Thanks, Joel. That's a tough one to follow. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my goodness. I, yeah, I, you know, in in hindsight, I should have had something um, queued up. Yeah, you know, that that sort of 
lifted you to that same <laughs> level as as uh, oh, Nikki Lee, but next week. Well, <laughs> needs no introduction, this girl. How's, how's yeah, about? Right. It's Casey C Mac McLaughlin. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Sorry, that's all. Wow. That's all I had left in oh. the uh, in the firing chamber for, for that. But it. look, uh, fear not, fear not, because uh, look, uh, there's there's all sorts of stuff going on this week. We've got uh, shots being fired left and right. So uh, obviously, we're all familiar with the fact that Microsoft have sought to acquire Activision Blizzard in a in a big merger type deal. And uh, that transaction is under review from multiple competition regulators around the world. And one of them is the Administrative Council for Economic Defence, or CADE, in Brazil. So back in July, CADE asked 11 third parties about the acquisition to understand what they thought about it. And one of those answers was from Sony. And they weren't happy about the acquisition, surprisingly. Uh, Well, 10 days later... Microsoft has responded to all those questions, uh, especially the one from Sony. So it's time now to enter the courtroom. In the criminal justice system, sexually based offenses are considered especially heinous. In New York City, the dedicated detectives who investigate these vicious felonies are members of an elite squad known as the Special Victims Unit. These are their stories. Okay, sorry. That was the that, that was the wrong. Uh... Where's the bloody? Where's the bloody? Yeah, yeah. The 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 Law and Order theme tune. The, the, the you know the, you're trying to do it. The, 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 anyway, with that. Which one? There. That one. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Right. I love it. Uh, all right. So. <clears throat> so all right. Yeah. Strap yourselves in. Uh, because uh, it's it's about to get uh, pretty hairy. So uh, in their submission, Sony said, from a development publication perspective, game development typically involves an early stage that is neutral in relation to the platform, blah, blah, blah. You know, they've, they've gone on and on a bit. They believe that all games compete for engagement of the player. Players choose their gaming platform based on pricing, technical features, and available game types. The available content is the main factor for the player to choose a platform. That said, there are a few barriers to entry in game development and publishing for PC. That only one developer can create an indie game and distribute it online, but creating a high-end AAA game like Activision's Call of Duty requires a budget of hundreds of millions of dollars and thousands of employees. That said, uh, apart from Activision, there are a few developers or publishers capable of producing AAA games such as uh, EA, Take-Two Rockstar, uh, who obviously do our Grand Theft Auto titles, and Epic Games, who do Fortnite. So these games tend to be long-running franchises with big budgets, multi-year development cycles, and very supportive followers. Despite all of that, Sony believed that none of these developers could create a franchise to rival Activision's Call of Duty. That This is their words, not mine, hmm. uh, which stands out as a gaming category on its own. Now, I'm, I'm just going to hit the pause button there. Does the rest of the DG crew believe that Call of Duty is a game so extraordinary <laughs> that it stands out as a gaming category on its own because to me it's a first person shooter 
what, what, <laughs> what, what makes it its own gaming category? Am I missing something here? Um, I mean, yes, it's popular. Mm. Yes, it's a good game. I can see I why, it's, that, yeah. why it's considered a AAA title. It's certainly got a massive following on Warzone and uh, certainly a lot of people that like playing it online and, and all the rest of it. And it's a game that a lot of people buy year on year when they release it. But does that make it a gaming category on its own? No. A category on its own? Probably not. <laughs> but I think the point they're trying to make is that it is the biggest first-person shooter game in existence at the moment. And... It's got the player base. I think that's where they're going at. But to say it's uh, it's in its own category, I mean, there's a lot of franchises is doing a similar thing. We've talked about Battlefield a lot. They're obviously struggling at the moment, but they're in the same category of game, um, obviously on a different scale at the moment. But yeah. So Sony continue saying that they believe that Call of Duty is so popular that it influences users' choice of console. In fact, their network of loyal users is so ingrained that even if a competitor had the budget to develop a similar product, it would not be able to create a rival. They talked about time, money, number of employees, millions of followers, sales, and other data points related to Call of Duty to show that it's a very unique franchise that cannot be replaced. Right. Yep, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll buy that. Um, they agreed that subscription services compete uh, with games purchased for a one-time fee. So, uh, obviously talking about Microsoft Games Pass, uh, Games Pass, or as it's known in the DG Crew, Games Pass into the ass. <laughs> uh, so uh, they also thought that uh, these subscription services harm consumers by reducing the quality of the games. I'd argue no, but uh, anyway... Uh, they said that over the past five years, Games Pass has grown to capture approximately 60 to 70% of the global subscription services market. Where, and that market share is even greater in Brazil, where Games Pass represents 70 to 80% of the PC subscription services market. They believe that it would take several years for a competitor, even with substantial investments, to create a rival effective for Games Pass. They also said that Call of Duty represents an important revenue stream for PlayStation uh, and it's one of Sony Interactive Entertainment's biggest sources of revenue from third parties. Mm-hmm. So what do we think about uh, Sony's uh, <laughs> submission? Um, do, you, do you agree, disagree? I mean, they make good points, but oh. what do you... I mean, yeah, good points, but... I don't know. What do you? It's well, why didn't they buy them? You know, kind of thing. It's sort of. I don't know. There's a, a always me <laughs> thing. Like, um, <clears throat> yeah, I think they're just pointing out the obvious. So what? What? Yeah. Well, I think but, it's, it's a bit of a, a sore loser aspect to it. Yeah, don't that's you what reckon? It seems you know, like, like yeah. uh, oh, we didn't get it. And now I'm really upset because I could have made a lot of money. What, I feel like I'm making a lot them. of money money off this, and now that they're going to go somewhere else. It's it's like it's a little bit too little too late, and I just think that um, look, I I'd sooner pick up a game that's called pretend to be a shit and drop in a toilet simulator before I played Call of Duty again. But I mean, um, and I'm not even one for simulation hang, hang on, games. Simon, you can't but, just um, throw that. <laughs> you can't just throw that out there and then just keep going, mate. Come on. But the difference is, is, is that they've got a point because it's about their revenue stream. Like they said, it's got nothing to do about if the games 
one of a kind or anything like that. It drives in a big amount of revenue for Sony, and so obviously they're salty about it. And that's ah, look, that's fair enough. But still, um, I just think if if you really wanted it, you know, should have put a ring on it at the end of the day. (laughs) Well, I agree. I mean, what are they hoping for? That someone's going to stop the acquisition from happening because they think it's going to be a monopoly. That's that's exactly what. That's exactly what they're after. Yep. So, uh, Microsoft have responded and uh, they've addressed quite a few of uh, Sony's points and had uh, put in their own uh, counter-argument. So, uh... (laughs) all right. So, for the the big response from Microsoft... Sorry, you've got to let the twanging uh, guitar get out. Microsoft uh, have said um, that relevant markets defined during the Bethesda acquisition are still relevant. Uh, There's no uh, segmentation by genre and that the market for digital distribution of games includes buy-to-play and other subscription services. Um, You know, obviously they don't want uh, Games Pass perceived as their own market because they have a huge market share there. Uh, They say that Microsoft and uh, Activision Blizzard will face competition from a number of game developers and publishers. Uh, In addition, all their games have close competitors. In fact, the third parties named several rival third-party publishers who own popular game franchises, demonstrating the intense rivalry in the market. So I I guess they're just suggesting that Call of Duty isn't the only uh, fish in a big pond. Uh, Microsoft highlights arguments from Ubisoft, Riot, Amazon, or Google that confirm some of their arguments. Uh, post-transaction, there will be multiple developers and publishers and players that use multiple devices to play. Uh, Microsoft says that in all the relevant markets, they have a market share of less than 20%, uh, which usually means there's no risk of anti-competitive effects. But uh, there's only one market where they have more than that, the digital distribution of games where Microsoft has more than 30%. However, they believe Activision Blizzard's position in console gaming publishing is well below any levels that could result in market concerns. So Activision Blizzard products probably tend more to PC gaming, I guess is what they're implying. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it, it, goes, it goes on and on. And, and Microsoft, you know, have, a, have a, an answer for, for, you know, most of the, the things in here but i'll just read out uh, this one here so microsoft believes that sony's isolated position can likely be explained by the fact that microsoft's subscription game offering games pass was launched as microsoft's competitive response to xbox's failure in the console wars and the need to offer players additional value compared to the buy-to-play traditional model in this way games pass threatens to compete more effectively with the buy-to-play model, which Sony has successfully adopted. Uh, Microsoft says, in short, Sony is not resigned to to having to compete with Microsoft's subscription service. Sony's public outcry on subscription games and the company's response are clear. Sony doesn't want attractive subscription services to threaten its dominance in the market for digital distribution of console games. In other words, Sony rails against the introduction of new monetization models capable of challenging its business model. Mm. Now, I think that comment really hits the nail on the head. So you've had uh, Sony come yeah. out and say, 
we're not doing a games pass, uh, you know, competitor because, you know, we don't think it's competitive and we think it will lower the quality of games and on and on and on they went when it was just a just a cop-out in my opinion. It's it's already been proven by mm. Microsoft to be a, a workable strategy. Mm. Works for movies, TV shows. Yeah. Why can't it work for video games? Well, they've taken it up in the last how many months is that with their new PlayStation Deluxe and Premium tiers and stuff? They might... Yeah, I don't know. We've talked about it a lot. <clears throat> I'm finding good value in the deluxe tiers, so we'll see yeah, what kind of response. Never wanted to get it, and we've yeah. already got a bit of value, haven't we? Yeah, well, we'll see what the you know the take up on that is. They might uh, be pleasantly surprised with how many people take them up on that offering. And but yeah, I, I agree with Simon. I think it's uh, it almost feels like a you know. Sorry, sorry, you go for it. Oh, I was just going to say, I just was agreeing what you were saying before. It seems like. Xbox have bet them to the the punch on a couple of different things and they're not real happy about it, but they've probably really only got themselves to blame. I mean, yeah, I mean, they've acquired, what is it, Bungie? When was that? In the last couple of months? I mean, a lot of people could argue that that's one of the most biggest and popular first-person online games in the world as well, so... It'd be like Blockbuster Video coming out now and complaining that Netflix have, you know, beat them to to the uh, post by offering a a subscription movie service, you know. It's Mm. it's a better model. People would prefer to use that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Interesting. It just sounds like some salty, you know, salty kid in the corner who's being upset because somebody else is succeeding in something that they don't believe should be successful. And I think that like, as much as I like Sony and I like the games that they put out, it just seems a bit childish. Like the whole, the whole sort of, the whole direction that they've taken on it. I mean, they can obviously see that there's a great success to be had in the subscription um, formula, but for some reason, they just don't want to succumb to that. Much, much in the same way that obviously Nintendo can probably see that there is a, a great success to having better hardware, but don't ever focus on better hardware um, at, at all. They, they usually would want to focus more on, you know, a different way to play. And I, But I think that there's going to be a point where you are open to that kind of collaboration and use it to, as, as a platform to grow, with, especially with Sony's library of games. If they were to follow suit a little bit more, with what um, Microsoft do with Game Pass, they would easily capitalize on that simply because their first their first party library is far superior to Microsoft's. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I just think, um, yeah, stop whinging. Well, the last the <laughs> last point um, that Microsoft make is um, it is not part of Microsoft's strategy to remove content from players. On the contrary, Microsoft has publicly stated its desire to keep Call of Duty on Sony's PlayStation, as well as the intention to continue to make Call of Duty and other popular Activision Blizzard titles on Sony's PlayStation. Um, with the commitment to do so... I guess the difference so, being is... Yeah. Uh, I'm Sorry, just saying there's already going? existing contracts in place, uh, and so they're going to honour that, plus, according to them, they're going to keep, keep making it available on PlayStation. So... Um. Yeah. Well, if, if they honour that, I, what I was about to say is, I think the difference is between that though is that um, obviously there might be a certain percentage that Sony gets at the moment from having on their platform of those sales that come from it, and um, I'm guessing 
that percentage won't go to them anymore. Like there will probably be a smaller percentage that goes to them for having it on their platform because that other percent that's going to go back towards the publisher. So, you know, I'm, I'm guessing that's where a lot of their salt comes from because I'm, I'm guessing whatever they make out of that is quite substantial and they're being extremely salty about it. Well, watch this space. Yeah. See what happens. PlayStation. Time, time will tell. Suck it up. <laughs> <laughs> Judge JB. Ferg, you've got a review for us on a... A new game by Interior Night for yeah. Xbox and PC. So, yeah, over the last couple of weeks, I've been playing a game called As Dusk Falls, which came out, uh, I think it was two, three weeks ago to PC, Xbox, and this is a uh, day one on Xbox's Game Pass, or Microsoft's Game Pass, rather. Um, and this was one that I really didn't have on my radar at all. I mean, the first time I heard about this game was at the Xbox and Bethesda Game Showcase, and I think couple of months ago when that was on i think I actually talked about it on the show but yeah when i saw it there it really piqued my interest i thought it had a pretty cool looking aesthetic um i love those you know adventure games where you know there's a branching storyline and decisions matter and stuff like that so you know i thought when this one comes out i'm definitely gonna give it a go and that's what i've been doing the last couple of weeks managed to finish it didn't take me heaps of time um the game is made up of six chapters and i think it was a bit over an hour for each one so probably got knocked it over in about seven hours but um for those who might need a reminder are not familiar with the game basically it's as dust falls is an original interactive drama from interior night that explores the entangled lives of two families across 30 years starting in 1998 with a robbery gone wrong in in small town arizona the choices you make have a powerful impact on the characters lives in an uncompromising story of betrayal sacrifice and resilience and i actually really enjoyed it so with doing my very best effort to not go into any spoilers because obviously these stories are you know i don't want to ruin it for anyone who's going to go and play it who hasn't finished it but you basically follow two families so you follow vince and his family on a cross country family move and then you also follow jay and his brothers and his family in a robbery gone wrong which ultimately leads to the two groups crossing paths so you know, what I really liked about this game, I think what this game does fantastically well is it does a really good job of slowly feeding the player, that's you, information about each of the characters and how they came to be in the current situation. And as you get more of this information, it really starts to change your mindset into how you think about different choices that you're going to make and how you feel about different characters. And, you know, you start the game off and very early on I was like well these are the good guys and these are the bad guys and as the story sort of unfolds and you like I said get information on these characters you start getting different feelings and you know about who you think you might want to help who's right who's wrong and stuff like this so the game's full of these what they call crossroads which are basically two it's basically a major branch in the story where um, you have to make a major decision and this and it has you know irreversible consequences and as I got further into the game, I found myself just really, really mulling over some of these decisions, which I think is testament to how much I really enjoyed this game. Like, there was a couple of times where, if you played in these games, it flashes up on the screen. It's like, you either want to do A or you want to do B. And there were times where I just sat there for like five to ten minutes and just 
because I knew the consequences of this decision were going to be huge. And I remember at some point I called Fiona in for a second opinion and I was like, look, this is what's happening in the story. What do you think I should do? And we just sat there and be like, just, you know, went through the scenarios of what we might think <laughs> happens. So other things that I love, it's got fantastic voice acting. Um, Jason Hight- How- Hightower provides the voice for the town sheriff. And I know he'd be a guy that you're familiar with, JB, because he – voices jackie wells in cyberpunk 2077 so oh brilliant it was really cool to get his voice in another video game so yeah and similar to a game like detroit becoming human at the end of each chapter you get a look of the the tree branch of decisions um you know and you can see which sort of direction you went and what kind of percentage of the population of people playing the game sort of picked so that's that's always interesting as far as dislikes i mean i didn't really have a whole lot and if if I only have to be nitpicky to pick up on some of these things. Um, there was probably one character, and I'm not going to mention her name for spoiler reasons, so I didn't really get her buy into the story. Um, had a really solid ending, um, and they sort of left it open. So there's a character in the game who, for the whole game, for the whole seven hours, you really hear nothing out of him, but at the beginning of the game, he sort of plants a seed about his involvement in the family, and right at the end of the game, he pops his head up and he sort of says, look, you know, there's something I need to tell you, and so you can tell that they're setting it up for probably what's going to be a prequel or some kind of spin-off, so there's going to be more to come in this franchise and from this maker, so, you know, in summary, if if you're someone who loves those heavy narrative-driven games with the tough decision-making, you know, you're into the, like the Telltale games, Detroit Becomes Human, you know, the Life is Strange, those kind of games, I reckon this is something you're really going to get into. If you dislike those games, then it's probably not. It's very much in that kind of vein of game. It's interactive, but you don't actually have control of players. It's sort of quick-time events and just sort of picking and choosing, so you don't physically move people around, you know, story and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, and the other thing I wanted to note which i didn't really see coming when i went into um that i wanted to point out it's got a very sort of cool comic book aesthetic but don't let that fool you to thinking that this is a kids game this i think it's rated r18 and there was a lot of violence heavy drug use you know a lot of bad words um and the game actually deals with some pretty heavy subject matter such as you know suicide volatile family dynamics um, chronic illnesses, all sorts of stuff like this. So it's it's very much a, an emotional roller coaster. But yeah, like I said, if you're into those um, narrative games, um, I reckon this is one's definitely worth checking out and gets my stamp of approval. I'd give it eight and a half out of ten discerning gamers. Well, you heard it here first. As dusk <laughs> falls, is too hot, too hot to handle. To handle. So, unfortunately, only PC oh, and, the, uh, eight and, and half Xbox. Gamers, sorry, Fergus, probably more than the discerning games that listen to the show. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh. it. There's, there's oh, a dis- I love it, <laughs> That's our audience response right there. Yeah. So, unfortunately, only <laughs> PC and Xbox, but like I said, it's on Game Pass um, day one. So, if you're subscribing to that service, go and check it out. I highly recommend it. Well, you hit it here, Force. As dust falls, no dick, no balls, <laughs> and probably no butthole since this guy feeds on radiation. Yeah. Baffling. <laughs> Simon, Steely, what do you got for us? <laughs> uh, the choice Have you seen of- this? Have you heard about this? Uh- <laughs> 
fuck. Tell us. Um, hey, there was a there was a Splatoon three direct this week, um, which uh, look, I, I love Splatoon. I'm I'm not going to lie to you. So this was pretty exciting for me to have a little look at. So uh, a little bit about the Splatoon three direct. New weapons such as stringers, which are basically bow and arrows, and Splatanas were introduced. Um, uh, the Splatanas look like katanas, so that but with a paint sponge on the end. Um, so that was shown as well as four new stages uh, with more to be announced over the next two years, which is pretty cool. Um, Turf Wars, which is basically the main game mode of Splatoon uh, returns, which is expected, as well as some timed rotating modes such as Rainmaker and Tower Control that were in the last games. Salmon Run returns as well, which is a, a co-op mode where you fight waves of gross-looking salmon that are yet to be smoked. Um, <laughs> Splat Fest returns as well. Um, which uh, for those of you that have never played Splatoon, there are these cool events um, where you basically pick a side, um, which might be uh, opinions such as if you prefer um, ketchup or tomato sauce or mayo or your favorite superheroes like Batman or Superman, you pick a side and you complete in Turf Wars for um, what's now going to be over 48 hours of mayhem. And um, they've added something new to this mix as well, which is at the very end of it all, you will end up participating in... um, tricolor turf wars which um it just looks bonkers it looks so good um there will also be a large-scale dlc coming to the game as well which i'm guessing will be reminiscent of the octo expansion for um splatoon 2 maybe a bit bigger i don't know they didn't really allude to what size it's going to be but they did say it was large scale so i'm expecting big things um look uh there's also a bit of a card game in there as well um, you can, there's, there's this interactive card game on there, which is basically called <laughs> um, Nintendo Tabletop all over it. <laughs> Turf Wars, which looks cool. Kind of looks like a Tetris-esque style um, turf war where you just use cards and you've got to you know, cover a certain amount of the screen with blocks as possible against somebody else. It kind of looks like fun. Like uh, I think it'll be an interesting little mode and I think it's a good, good something different in that game to break it up from all of just the, the, you know, the one particular kind of gameplay. Um, but, yeah, look, I love these games. I can't wait. Um, it looks amazing. And I'm really pumped for Splatoon 3, even though, you know, it's not like there's – I mean, there's a lot of extra stuff that I'm not going to go into because I feel like it would I could just go all day because there was a lot of content in there. But there is a lot of stuff that was shown that really helps to just elevate the tactical aspect of the game, especially in – um modes like uh you know your rainmaker modes which are extremely tactical they look like they're getting a little bit further on um in that element um there's some cool items where teams can use them which are like little power-ups they've got this cool cooler thing that pops up and you collect a soda can it gives you a power-up for a really certain amount of time that all the team can use um i just think that they're they're on the right path for this and it looks really cool um and it's going to get a lot of support obviously being one of the most successful new ips that nintendo brought out um for a while and and like you know as as far as a new ip as well since the wii u even at doing so well on the wii u um which is staggering considering that kind of platform was basically you know just like fart in a box machine um so no, I'm getting really excited. I even thinking of going and playing Splatoon 2 after this because I'm so excited. So uh, keep keep your eyes peeled for that one if you haven't played it. It's it's one to get onto. Um, it's a little bit a little bit a little bit just, more just news before you, as well this week. Before you um, continue on, Simon, you didn't give me a chance to play me. the uh, the the Wii U theme. Oh, well, go for it. Hmm. <laughs> 
sorry. Uh, oh, we can't. No, move. that's exactly the Wii U thing. <laughs> we can't move on that's without. That's how they should the, have announced uh, it. The Wii Poo. Yeah. No, yeah. that's. Oh, absolutely. That that that. Oh, I. I I really liked my Wii U. It's just unfortunate there was nothing to play on it. Um, anyway, so uh, a bit more news this week. We got a, a new announcement trailer. Well, not an announcement trailer, but a bit more of an in-depth trailer into Kirby's Dream Buffet. And if you haven't seen this game, it's basically Kirby Fall Guys. Um, but it looks a little bit more than involved than Fall Guys. Uh, there's a little bit of typical Kirby fanfare with, you know, power-ups that are all themed to food that allow Kirby to basically do exciting things to, to participate in races and stuff like that, or little other modes. There's going to be a, some kind of battle Royale mode. I don't know if that's in the same vein of um, the amount of players in a battle Royale mode typically is, but um, it, it looks kind of fun. And look, I'm kind of excited for this too. It just looks ridiculous. And I, I just think that's going to be a really good thing, um, especially with that, cute little pink blob um, rolling around the place, eating lots of cake. Uh, I just think it will be one that um, our son will definitely get a, amongst. He oh, will want to play Kirby Cake, and that's what it will be called, you know, um, which, you know, is is exciting anyway. Uh, the last bit of the news I want to talk about is uh, I saw that there was a new trailer this week for uh, Fall Guys, which is a mm. uh, basically a trailer for a Sonic-themed event coming. So it looks like the Fall Guys, um, it basically looks like Fall Guys with Sonic. Uh, you know, take that what you will. Um, what else can I really say about that? Just thought you'd like to know, uh, everyone, because yeah. Sonic is still in the news. I think that's... Uh, still talking about Sonic. I think, still talking about Sonic. I think that started last... Yesterday. I actually played Fall Guys for the first time in the last couple of days, and I was on last night, and there was Sonic stuff everywhere, and there was some Sonic-specific oh, challenges. Wow. Yeah. So it might be live if you're uh, playing Fall Guys and you're interested in Sonic. Jump in. Mm. Well, Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. Rock and roll. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's well nah, deserved, I guess. JB. Nah, yeah. thank you, thank you, Simon. I, uh, I, I actually don't hate Sonic. I quite enjoyed a few of them over the years, but uh, I just feel like, yeah, yeah, they just they just can't do right at the moment. Mm. Anyway, no, it's, it's the most inconsistent game. It's like going to a takeaway shop, and every single night it's different. Uh, you know, one night the chips are cooked really nice and crispy. The next night they're soggy and and cold. And the night after that, the chips are covered in sheep shit. And you just wonder <laughs> why you went back. Mm. That's delicious. <laughs> that's my sonic analogy, basically. Anyway, lick it or slip it, and rapatow. Uh, here we go. All right. Well, there's been a bit of chatter on the. Uh, on the old uh, Discerning Gamer uh, Messenger group uh, about the next game to be discussed by C-Mac herself, um, which was uh, developed by Two Point Studios and published by none other than... Sega! Uh, and so maybe <laughs> I'll throw it over to you, C-Mac, and you can tell us what the game is. Yes. Yes, uh, the game is Two Point Campus, which is the second game. <laughs> Very exciting. I feel like I've been waiting for this game for many a year, many, many, many years. And then I think Ferg reminded me last podcast that it's coming out on the 9th of August. I was like, holy shimmer timbers. That's, Snuck up on that's us, soon. Didn't mm. Little did I. 
yeah, it snuck up on me. But then, you know, I was very excited. And then obviously it didn't come out in Australia till the 10th. So that was very sad. I was, <laughs> I was all ready to pay for it. But anyway, so I played, I don't know, five, six hours of it as much as I could slide in. But um, I'm really enjoying it. I think it's really fun. I had, a, I had a bit of a chat with Ferg about it. It is very, very similar to Two Point Hospital. So I, I've been, I've only played five or six hours, so there is still hope yet, but it, it, I was expecting maybe something slightly, like, making it a little bit more different than Two Point Hospital. Something, yeah, it, it, the formula feels exactly the same. The game, it, it just feels like Two Point Hospital, but on a university campus pretty much and mm. pretty much you have to fulfill the students wishes and at the moment all the wishes of the students are just buying them stuff so it's just oh, okay. a bit okay cool yeah it's just buying them things they want a poster or they want they want a love bench for outside or something like <laughs> that because they want to make out with someone but you know and i really <laughs> it sounds weird but i really like the morbidity morbidity is that even a word of um it is now it is yeah, now I've so. made it up yeah. dictionary um mm. of two point hospital and theme hospital where people you know they die in funny ways in the hospital and they do all that kind of but this you have to cure the patients but here it just seems like it's not, it's not much at stake it's just mm. students they might fail really and then they just, just a couple of students off. out <laughs> in the <laughs> out in the college courtyard screaming you are fucking you fucking you bloody you bloody fucking mother bloody what kind of hope that happens <laughs> then it would be right up there but no it sounds like i don't i'm not enjoying it i'm really enjoying it like i love that i love two point hospital so anything slightly different is fine and yeah i haven't but another thing i haven't really had any issues with money yet and the good thing about two point hospitals i was always broke i know that sounds not good but it, it made it a challenge and it made it really difficult and hard but here i just feel like i've just got that much money i can just buy whatever i want all the time who knows that i still have plenty of time to change i'm only on level two so i have to max out i'm always having to get three stars on each one but yeah i just got to the second level it's sort of a cooking university so it's simon's worst nightmare in hell it's just like <laughs> a ptsd written all over <laughs> I, yeah. I played a bit before the <clears throat> podcast and simon i showed him the the um I said, oh, this is like this is like the tape room. And he just went, no. Took me straight was... back to seeing all the, the pots and pans and, <laughs> and doing doing what the little part of tape that I did with the uh, And just thinking to yourself just no! didn't want to be there. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh. No, no, no. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Just waiting for the end of that soundbite. <laughs> but um, the the good thing is the building mechanics of the game have set like definitely improved. You know, when you edit just small little things like when you edit a room in Two Point Hospital, you you click edit because you need to add some more items or you have to expand the room and everyone just jumps out of the room and they it just stops every what everyone's doing. But here, everyone just keeps continuing what they're doing in the room and you can add items into there, you can make it bigger, you can make it smaller, and it just sort of adapts around that. So that's really cool. And another cool thing is there's exterior items that you can add now. So they, they've now taken into account there's an outside of the building so mm. you can add seats and little cafes and things like that. So it's definitely has improved in certain little ways and 
yeah, lots of stuff has stayed the same. But like I said, I've only played around five to six hours. So it has time to sort of expand, I guess, there. But yeah, anyway, what do you think, Ferg? Yeah, I think I've got very similar feelings to you on this one, Casey. I, I haven't played quite as much as you. I've mm. probably played probably three and a half hours-ish. And yeah, like you said, they, they really haven't strayed too far from the two-point hospital sort of mm. aesthetic look, um, design and build. Um, Even the sounds of it as well, like the stuff is the exact same narrator, um, <laughs> the exact same radio playing pretty much. Yeah. You know, di- they're saying different things, but, yeah, it's it's yeah. super similar. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, having said that, I mean, I'm having a lot of fun. Um, you know, I love two-point mm. hospital, you know, the great sound, great soundtrack. It's funny. I just love that, the narration and... There's that person who does all the funny quips across, like, the, what is it, like, makes the announcements and all that sort of stuff, similar to a two-point hospital. That's all fantastic. I mean, I went into this one sort of expecting that they weren't going to stray too too far from yeah. from with the mould, but, you know, I still feel kind of a little disappointed. I, I feel like they've sort of fleshed out a lot of the management stuff side of the things, which I think I've yet to see just by sort of gauging some of the the stuff that I've already come across, like being the university, it's, there's, it's sort of this annual cycle, which is different to um, Two Point Hospital. That was very much like you said. Yes. Someone would be sick, they'd come in, they'd get seen to and they'd leave, whereas the students of the university stick around for multiple years. Um, so I think that stuff hopefully will sort of flesh out a bit, make it a bit more interesting, changing how you manage your school from year to yeah. your university from year to year. But um yeah, I think if you like Two Point Hospital, you're obviously going to love this. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm. I was pretty lucky. I, I nearly was going to buy it on Steam, um, dish out the sixty bucks because I've just loved the franchise so much. But I thought, oh, you know what? Because I've got Game Pass and it's there day one, I'll play that. And after playing it now, I'm sort of glad I did that, um, knowing how similar yeah. it is. I'm glad I didn't fork out that money. And, I, you know, I was thinking about it a bit as well. If someone said, you know, should I drop 60 bucks on this game or should I go to Two Point Hospital? I'm nearly thinking your money's probably, at this point anyway, is better spent picking up Two Point Hospital and a lot of all the expansions for your 60 bucks on sale and starting oh, at the that exp- point. There's so much expansion on Two yeah. Point Hospital. It's overwhelming, really. Yeah. <laughs> but um, um, going back to the narrator, I, it's just, it's quite funny because obviously the narrator in Two Point Hospital is the um, intercom. Oh, what, not in, intercom. Yeah. yeah. Like over the um, intercom. So yeah, yeah. it makes sense. But to, they're, they're very quick explanation because obviously there's not really an intercom at university. They just said that the narrator's in your head. Oh. I think she so said at the beginning, like, I'm just in your head. <laughs> <laughs> so that's yeah. the way they got around it. And she actually mentions at one point, um, I think I wrote it down here, she actually, out of nowhere, I wasn't really listening to what she was saying and then all of a sudden I just, my ears pricked up and she said, um, doctor, return to the hospital. Thank you. I yeah. thought that was, it was just a funny little throw to a two-point yeah, hospital. Some of that, but, some yeah, some of that stuff, classic. Yeah, I think overall so far and very yeah. limited run, I'm having fun. It's very similar. Um, probably the only gripes I had, it, they've got a – and I can sort of understand why they do it, but you can't go into the sandbox mode from the beginning. It's sort of unlockable as you play through a few levels, and I, I sort of see why they do it. They obviously want to sort of spoon-feed you all the different stuff over a number of levels, and then you get access to the free-for-all. But I think it would have been nice if I could have just jumped in from the get-go and just – had full reign to do whatever I wanted, um, and th- and this time around, I don't know what yeah, right. you how you felt about it, Casey, but I just felt like the UI in this game was a bit clunky. It seemed like 
I don't know. It seemed from memory playing Two Point Hospital, it was a lot easier to sort of get your employees up and seeing what the issue was. And I just found like some of the menus and stuff were as, I don't know, maybe it'll make a bit more sense as I play a bit more. But I think the UI just seemed a little bit off or not quite it's right. It's a bit strange, yeah. Yeah, the icons, I, I've had to Google, I've tried to Google some of what the icons are because it doesn't make sense. And there's like when you make kudosh, I think they call yeah, it as kudosh. sort of currency. Cause you, yeah, so there's kudosh they've got now. So you've got your money that you buy things with, but kudosh are things that you have to unlock, like yeah. unlock more items. And I didn't even realise I got almost through the whole first level and there's like another page that I didn't know how to get to where I had unlocked all of this kudosh that I had to physically click on to collect. And I didn't oh. even know that page existed. And then I did it and then I tried to get back to it later and I couldn't find it. Cause yeah, you're right. The user interface is just confusing. There's not enough writing. It's all just icons and it's just, it's like mm. our Bosch bloody oven. I never, it's just all these whistles. icons. I don't know Hang what on. I'm doing. So we're throwing Bosch under the uh, bus Emotional damage. <laughs> Well, that's interesting that you say that, Casey. Every cause... time I try to go to bloody Fanforce, I never know which one to It's do. not that hard. Poor girl just needs to learn how to use an oven a little bit more. Oh, that's well, that, wow. This is uh, this is what's going to sound like uh, when Simon and Casey get off the call for Simon. Nah, that's yeah. right. She Back in the doghouse. Cuphead all over again. It's. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. We'll put a we'll put, all over again. <laughs> we'll put some more hours in, Casey, and then we'll uh, we maybe we'll come back with another follow up review. But I know that that menu yeah, you're I talking think so. about, I think it's too ring, early. Yeah, doesn't so, ring any bells uh, for me. That uh, menu you're talking about, I don't think I've found that one either. How many discerning gamers are we giving it out yeah. of ten? Oh, it's really hard. It's it's hard to give it a score if you're going to compare it against the original game because I feel like it it seems similar. You know, we've talked about it on the show a number of times about how Pokemon makes small incremental steps with every release. They're still great games, but yeah. what they've changed between iterations is it's not big enough for it to for you to think that it's an amazing game. I I think I'll go away and I'll probably play tens and tens and tens of hours and I'll have a great time. It's just this my, my first initial impression. It's sort of like, well, I haven't really done a whole lot, but I think after spending a whole chunk yeah. of hours, I think it'll be an eight out of ten. For me, I reckon. Okay. Well, and a lot, so it's still a lot good opens game. up. Yeah, yeah, I reckon at the moment for me it's a seven, and I reckon it will get higher once I um, keep yeah. playing. And speaking oh, wow. of Pokedon, there was also a bit of a trailer for that too, and it looks dope. Oh. For Poke- at least did a you say- Thanks for hijacking my segment. <laughs> Love you. Pokedong, did you say? <laughs> Pokedong. I so- like lick it with my lips. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, it's a new Pokemon. Simon's licking <laughs> Poke Dongs with his lips, apparently. Um, <laughs> delicious. Well, that's for you. Uh, two point campus. Pick it up wherever you get your games, uh, people. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, it is time now for our novelty segment, and I'm going to throw over to. Fergus Fergamon Hamilton, who is going to lead us through this next uh, bit of delight for you listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) 
Thanks, JB. What what an intro. We got a we got a new game for the show this week for the novelty segment. It's a game that uh, I'm going to call Overs and Unders. Very very simple in its premise. I've got a list of games, games which are slated for 2022 release or sometime in the near future, maybe early 2023. What I'm going to do is I'm going to read the name of the game that's yet to come out and I'm going to give it a score. From then, we're going to go around the room and we're going to have a crack at having a guess whether or not we think the Metacritic score will be over or under the figure that I reveal. Of course, you can elaborate if you'd like on your score and why you think it's going to be over or under. So what are we going to do? We'll go, Lick it. We'll go JB, Simon, Casey, and then me. So I've got, yes. got 10 games here, and I'll just do them in random order. We'll see how we go. So first one, let's, let's start with a game that we've already had on the show tonight, and that is coming out on September the 9th on the Switch. That's Splatoon 3. JB, over or under 85? <sighs> I reckon it'll be under. Under? Got yeah. a score? I reckon, yeah, I reckon it'll be high 70s. I, I reckon a 78, 79, I reckon, for Splatoon 3. Um, only because, yeah. I, I, guts I, telling you. Yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I think I think it's, there's a very specific audience that likes it. And I think um, maybe that, that lack of broader appeal might limit the, the, the score that it gets. But, yeah. Uh, who knows? It might uh, completely surprise me and do really well. But uh, yeah, that's that's my prediction. Under Steely, over or under eighty five. Uh, I'm going to go opposite of Joel. I think it, I think it's going to be a touch over. Here's my reason: the complete <laughs> opposite of what Joel said, because it does have a bit of a smaller market of people that love it because it is absolutely wild. Again, if you haven't played it, play it. Um, I, I do think it's going to creep up a little bit higher, especially because of the myriad of different features that are being added to it that are just great little quality of life things. It's going to go up at least one or two points from 85. <laughs> <laughs> well, Casey? I, I'm going to go with Joel on this one. I reckon it's going to go under. Not oh. not a lot, just a little bit. Just because, I don't know. I'm not really familiar with Metacritic, <laughs> but I know they're like pretty rough. Yeah, All so this is, is the... Is it, it is you try to explain it to me, but I feel like... it. Yeah, it's like IMDb. When people vote on, isn't it? No, no. All it is, is is all the professional reviews around the internet as well as user reviews. So there's two different ones, but I'm guessing we're just talking professional yeah, here. Yeah, sorry. I should have uh, said that now. at the beginning. So the, the critical, the critics' critical review of the game, not so much the there general popular Professional reviews. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm... Uh, All right, I reckon it's, it's going to get 84. 84, <laughs> under. That's still under. Still so under two under, one over. I, I, look, I don't know much about Splatoon. I've never played the games, but... I'm excited for you, Simon. I reckon this is going to be the best-reviewed Switch game in 2022. It's going to be... I'm giving it 93. Over. Wow, 93. Yeah, I'm just making some big calls here. I'm going out on a limb. Righto. (laughs) Next, we got a game coming out on October the 25th on PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. Mm -hmm. A game we've talked about and haven't... We don't have super high hopes for this one, but that's Gotham Knights. Over or under... 80, JB. 
Oh, mate. I, 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 for Gotham Knights, I think we should be talking whether it's going to be over or under 50. I reckon it's, it's going to be... It, it already looks like a complete pile of shit based on the trailers that they've put out the, that look janky as all fuck. Uh, the, the, it's just they haven't got off on the right foot here. Um, it's not left anybody feeling confident about the final product that they're going to be uh, uh, crapping out onto their, uh, you know, onto us uh, later this year. So uh, definitely well under under eighty, under fifty. I'm saying under fifty. Wow, it's a it's a train wreck. What about oh, you, Steely? That's pretty. That's pretty deep. Simon, um, over or under eighty? I'm. Look, yeah, it's going to be under for sure. I, I don't think it's going to get to 50. Like, uh, because that, that's uh, borderline around the same area as like Sonic Lost World. And that was a bad game. Uh, um, but, you know, uh, but no, uh, it's going to do bad. It's not going to do good. It, it, you know what? It's probably going to get like a, a, a 60, 65. Yeah. Uh, and why I say that is because there's going to be some fucktard people out there that review it and go, this game's so good because you can play as Robin and as the uh, Batgirl. And that's basically, <laughs> that's just going to be the basis of their reviews. It's going to be like, yeah, this game is okay, you know, and they'll, they'll review a, it and say it's okay. It's be a handful that, of handful be, of reviewers. It's, it's just going to be a... <laughs> It'd be a handful of, of gamers that the developer flies out to their place, wines and dines them for a couple of nights, and then sends them home in exchange yeah. for a bloody ten out of ten. Yeah. Well, so what do you reckon, Casey? Well, a bit of devil's breath in their face, and <laughs> says review it well, and they go, "Yeah, okay." Yeah. What do you reckon, Casey? Um. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Definitely under. Under eighty for all of those reasons. Oh my gosh! I, right. I, I reckon. I don't know. <laughs> 60 I reckon 67 there you go 67 I copycat from I, over here. I still think they're going, they're going to be under 80 but I'm a little bit more optimistic I mean I loved all of I mean they did Origins which I actually really really enjoyed so as I know it looks a bit janky as long as they can get that super fun combat and a cool world to explore if they don't get that wrong I think it'll still be fun I think I'm I think it's going to do a little bit better. I'm going to give it 74 out of 100, but still Ooh. under 80. Well, mm. three, three unders for Gotham Knights means... <laughs> Time will tell on that one. Yep, you've All failed. Right. <laughs> All right, moving on. Another one we talked about, I think, last episode, coming out November the 8th on everything, uh, not Switch, is Skull and Bones the new pirate adventure game from Ubisoft over or under eighty? JB, well, Ubisoft, hey, <laughs> wow. Uh, look, I'm going to suggest over on this mm. one. I reckon it's going to get low eighties. I reckon I'm I'm predicting maybe an eighty three on this one. It looks okay. I think if they if they're able to pull off the the combat and really refine the formula that they I guess started really essentially in Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Um, then I think I think they could uh, they could be on a winner here. So I'm going to say yeah, 83 on uh, on that one. Cool, nice. What about you, Steely? This 
fucking game, right? <laughs> this is going to be one of those games, and there is a lot of uh, look. There's a lot of games that Ubisoft brings out that get um, good review scores from fuckwits, and yet the games are shit house. And this is going to be one of them. Um, it's gonna it's gonna go well above the eighty. L. It's the gonna L. go above eighty, but it's gonna play like emotional damage. <laughs> <laughs> this game should just go and shit you itself. Play it. Stop. Nah, it's got to go shit itself. It shit itself in a can of dick. All right. Okay. My turn. Um, oh my goodness. B- what was the number for? A- Eighty. Eighty out of hundred. Um, I reckon it'll go over maybe one or two. Yeah, it'll go. Because over. Ubisoft, everyone, some people <laughs> like it. <laughs> I can just hear the IGN review. Ubisoft have done a great job at creating like, a sh- fucking fuck fest. Do you know what? Honestly, I I didn't mind Assassin's Creed Origins. I laughed at it because I had random fish flying through the air because it glitched out that bad. I, I enjoyed it for its crapness, but yeah, I I, I don't like Ubisoft. No way to right. game, but it's crapness. We're in a middle ground, but we're we're a bit of a middle ground. Um, I think, and I love the Ubisoft games. Like I said couple of weeks ago black flag one of my favorite games of all time um i think they're going to go under 80 and i think the problem they're going to have is that they're going to draw all the comparisons against sea of thieves which is an amazing game and i yeah i i feel like it's going to go under 80 but it'll still be a decent game um i'm thinking maybe 76 out of 100 for skull and bones okay well you know we're hovering around that 80 mark All right, moving on. Um, speaking of Ubisoft and quote the uh, Earl of Emotional Damage, the only decent game that Ubisoft has ever made. Yeah. Ma- coming out on October the 20th, mm. we've got Mario plus Rabbids Spark of Hope on the Switch. Mm. Over or under 85? Mm. Um, well, without have knowing- you played number one, Joel? I haven't. I know you you rate it, and I'm going to lend it to you. Oh, yeah, I'm going to lend it to you because you'll. Yeah, I'll, I'll try it. Right, but but again, I don't know how the the original scored on Metacritic. Was it well received? The original. Yeah, I think. Well, I, I based my 85 off the first one. I think it got an 83 or an 84 or something. All right. Or an well, 8.4. I'm I'm going to say less than 85. But marginally less. I'm going to say it, it. It'll be an eighty to eighty-one, roughly, mm-hmm. on this one. Um, and I say that because Ubisoft are a bit hit and miss when it comes to sequels. And if they make something that's uh. identical to the first one, they're gonna they're gonna take it up the ass from the, all the critics for not being innovative enough <laughs> and introducing new elements to the game. So. Um, I'm predicting under on on that one. Under, Steely, over under eighty five. What was it? Eighty five. Yeah. I think it will creep over just. Um, reason why I say just is because uh, um, kind of similar to what Joel's saying. I think with well, not just with like Ubisoft and sequels. We all know how I feel about Ubisoft, but I think that with a, a sequel, it's it's hard to recapture the magic. Mm-hmm. But having said that. By the looks of what this game is doing, there is so there's so much more vast sort of world to explore. It looks really interesting. It's it's a completely different world that we're looking at as well, and um, the gameplay has changed up a little bit. So I think that it's going to have 
a chance to go just above, and I'm going to say it's going to get around like the 86, 87 mark. Whoa. Or just a couple above. Wow. 86, 87. That's, mm-hmm. uh, that's a good score. That's pretty substantial. Yeah. Right. What do you reckon, C-Mac? The only good Ubisoft game to come out in the last <laughs> 10 There you go. You heard years. it first. I reckon it's can I can I do a different category and say it will be at eighty five. Eighty five on the dot. Lay. You can do that. Wow. Right. It's neither so over nice nor under. Slate. Right That's on the dot. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, over or under. I reckon it's gonna be just even bang on it. That. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> because yeah, I don't know. Even Steven. Even Steven. Not too high, not too low. Yeah. Mm. Um, there you go. That's I'm with Joel on this one. I think it's gonna get well reviewed. Just under 85, we'll go with 83. 83 right. out of 100. Again, another good score. Nothing to be uh, yeah, Nothing to be ashamed about. of. Good Absolutely. On, good on you, Ubisoft. All right. You Moving be what on. you want to be. <clears throat> Speaking of sequels, uh, one we talked about, I think, the other week, which sort of spurred the idea for the segment, but I just wanted to really quickly get everyone's thoughts again, was coming out November the 9th, um, one of the most anticipated mm. games of the year. Sales are going to be well and truly down now that Skull and Bones is announced the day before, but God of War Ragnarok <laughs> on the PlayStation, over or under 90? Oh, over. 100%. Over. I'd Put say your house on it. We're, we're putting 93, 94 on that bad boy already. <laughs> 100%. No, no it's, it's never going to get 100, but no. But I'm predicting a 93, 94 on that one. 93, Without 94. Without a doubt. No Santa doubt. Monica blew it out the water last time. They're going to blow it out the water again this time. I've got 100% confidence in them. Nice. Steely? This is so hard because... Again, with a sequel, I just think that there's going to be all these critics that go that they're going to be, keep on reviewing it like a sequel and not as a standalone game and just being like, oh, you yeah, know, it doesn't do this and it doesn't do the first one did. And it's going to be a bit, uh, I don't know, just maybe a bit overcritical. But I do hope that it goes a little bit over just a little bit because I, I feel 91. Yeah. And, and because I feel like it deserves it. Uh, again, that. Like Joel said, the first game is a masterpiece, and I just feel like that it deserves it, um, especially because of how well the studio um, is is pumping these games out. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say at least um, I'm gonna say 94. Nice. Oh, what? Wow. Yeah. Nice. C Mac. 95. Wow. 95 from C Mac and yeah, yeah. nice, nice commentary on that one. Uh, C Mac, it's, uh, well it's hard to strike lightning. Needs none. What's the saying? Get hit by lightning twice. I think yeah. they're gonna. It's just over 90 for me. It'd be 91. Still great All score. Right. Well, 91 Thor Ragnarok. Still, still crushing. There you go. Yep. Uh, about a week later, November the 18th, coming to the Switch, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, over or under 85, Joel. Mm. Under. Under. Yeah. Um, I'm predicting under. Um, I think it's not that I have anything in particular against Nintendo or the Pokemon franchises themselves, but like like Simon's already said, like with Pokemon Legends Arceus, like it's got significant problems with it that are, you know, I can't remember exactly what you were saying, but it was a bit glitchy or the... The world was a bit empty and and all that sort of thing. I mean, they they yeah. established a very particular formula when they brought out the original game series on Game Boy, and then 
almost feel like that's that that formula is still like a like a ball and chain around their their, their ankle you know like they they're almost still thinking that 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 formula is going to work to some extent without you know innovating enough to to sort of update it and bring it into the modern era they need a breath of the wild style innovation for yeah. the pokemon series to breathe a bit of life back into it mm. that's my opinion jb's got them under 85 what do you reckon stealing any hope for the uh, newest pokemon game are you excited about this one or hopeful Look, I am actually a little bit excited by it. Um, it is a bit more of a step in the right direction that I want for the series. Is it the step in the direction that I really hoped for? No, not really. I'm with Joel. I think that it needs something really big and innovative to, to bring it to that point where I think everyone expects it to be now. But having said that, it is making some big good steps in the right direction. There's going to be three main campaigns in this game. One of them is to do with your, your old school gym battles and stuff like that. One is a, a different story on something else. Whatever. There's three of them anyway. I actually think that'll be um, where this game gains a lot of points is based off of the amount of content and also how alive the world looks to Um in comparison to Arceus, I, I think it's going to... So what was the base score? 80, we 85. At? 85. I think it's going to... Uh, hmm, I think it'll creep just above. Critics love scoring high on Pokemon games, and I just think that it's going to creep above a little bit, mm. especially with the yeah with the, um, the different uh, perks that are in this game that, that make it... It'll separate it from the rest, you know? Nice. C-Mac? I'm going to say under just because I really did not like Pokemon Arceus. And when I look at the trailer for... <laughs> did you watch the new one? I haven't watched the new one. So... You haven't watched the new one. So this is, yeah, I don't know. It just Hi-ya. looks the same. It looks like open, just open nothingness and just wandering around in loneliness. You, you haven't even watched the new one, the new trailer. Uh, so you can't, can't even say that. Better, no. No. So, yeah, you haven't watched 70, the new trailer. 79. 79. No. Um, Get the divorce papers out. You only watch the trailer <laughs> and you're judging it like it's a red-headed stepchild. You're knocked off the street. Yeah. No. <laughs> Pokemon. Mission failed. We'll get them next time. <laughs> no good. Um, I, I, I'm I not going to sit on the fence and Lechonk is pushing me off on the positive. I'm going to say 86. I think... Uh, no, no, I forgot about it. You didn't factor LeChunk into you? Yeah. I think LeChunk will be a difference maker in the over and unders. <laughs> Sorry, LeChunk. I forgot about you, mate. I think some of the multiplayer um, stuff, oh, whilst no, I... Yeah, easy. <laughs> I think the multiplayer stuff, whilst it's not really going to be something I'm going to take you know, full advantage of, I think that will um, resonate with a lot of people and will help with the reviews. So I think, you know... 80, I'm going to go just over 85, 86. Okay. Well. All right, quickly, we're getting to the tail end. Two games we don't have a date for, but we've seen quite a bit of. Uh, first one is Hogwarts Legacy. Ooh. Over oh. or under I'm, 85. I'm fully erect at the uh, sound of that. I actually watched the Harry Potter <laughs> on the weekend. and uh, Look, I'm going to say over. I reckon this one's, um, I reckon this one's going to do big business. I reckon we're talking high 80s here. I'm reckoning an 88 I'm predicting for Hogwarts Legacy. Oh. 88. Yeah. Nice. Yep. I think um, 
you know, big open world game set in a very popular universe, like, you know, with the Wizarding World. Um, already looks really good in the state of play that we've seen so far. Yeah, I've got pretty high hopes for that one. Steely? 85. This game is set up for success. It's made by a team that obviously love Harry Potter, and I think they're going to push it hard to a 93 Jeez. at least. Fucking hell. Wow. If it's not 93, I'm fucking disappointed in the game. because. Well, it so just you're saying it's going to be up there with, with your God of War. It's going to be you're talking game of the year I type think territory. It, yeah, well, yeah. just... Oh, yeah. If you look at the amount of care that's been put into this game, I think it's the same amount of passion that has been put into just the art and style of God of War. I think it has its chops to get up there, especially because um, it's in a world that is just Mm. so universally loved by so many people. Um, It has a big opportunity to really just just fucking go up there. Mm. (laughs) Just get up there. Loved by Look all the it. people that haven't been alienated by J.K. Rowling. <laughs> so that's it. J.K. Rowling, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yes for you. <laughs> what do yeah, you reckon? Try harder. What do you reckon, C-Mac? <laughs> oh yeah, hundred percent over eighty-five. Like Simon said, the, the creators of the game absolutely love Harry Potter and actually putting the lore of Harry Potter into a game, which is all I've ever wanted in a Harry Potter game ever since I was a kid. Because you know, Harry Potter two on the uh, PS two that was a that was a ride. That a one. Classic. Um, yeah, that that yeah that really played well. Um, so yeah, I'm just yeah so excited yeah. for this. I wouldn't quite go the 90s, but I go high 80s, maybe 90 at a push. Nice. Yeah, I, I'm really excited and looking for this. One. I'm maybe by the sounds, but not quite as excited <laughs> as you, JB, um, being fully erect over there. But mm. I reckon. I'm I am the optimist. I reckon they'll go over 85. I'm going to give them 87. I think wow. where this game, I think everything about this game is going to be fantastic. The only question mark I have is how they make the combat fun, the wonder combat. I think if they can get that right, this game's going to do really well, and, and I'm really hopeful. Yeah. So over 85, let's say 87. Um, all right, one la- we've got a couple of fun ones, but before the fun ones, how about coming to everything apparently, including the Switch, which I didn't realise. Can we get higher than 80, 75? Can we get higher than 75 for Sonic Frontiers? What do you think, JB? No. Can they do it? Can they get 75? Come on. No. Predicting high 60s at the most for Sonic Frontiers. Sorry. Um, just bad track record. And, uh, yeah, they just don't give Sonic the love that he deserves anymore. Steely. Sonic can I think do it's it. Can Sega little, do it? A little bit higher. I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna go seventy-eight. Nice. <laughs> you know, it's it's mm. got to. It's got to go seventy-eight. A lot of people are already saying good things about it. Seventy-eight all the way. Go for it, Sonic. You can do it. Gotta go fast. Gotta go fast. What about you, C Mac? Um, I, I'm. I'm gonna say sixty-three. Wow. Fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. It's rubbish. <laughs> got a couple of doubters here steely look for your sake simon i hope i mean everything that we've seen it i just it there's promise it looks promising i just don't think they've done a very good job of marketing this this world to us so look exactly hopefully hopefully with some content around why you're just running around an aimlessly empty world with not a lot going on 
I don't think they'll get mm-hmm. 75, but I reckon we're in the 70s here. Let's go 74, just under. Okay, well. Why don't you put a fucking well, enemy you're... or two in the game world to <laughs> make, actually give the player something to do, you know? All right, we got we got rapid. You're all going to be eating my <laughs> slips when you oh, rapid fire, yeah, rapid fire, rapid fire round on the last two. Couple of fun ones. We don't need an explanation. Just a over or under and a score. Okay. Goat simulator. It's over or under sixty five. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, we'll say over. Got to be better than Sonic. <laughs> Steely. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to go over. Yeah, it will. C-Mac. Over. I'm going to say over, over or under 65. Oh, over six. Over, uh, over 66. Over 66. <laughs> so 67. Mm. Um, I'm going to go under. They're not going to get 60. They're going to be 61. Oh, okay. All right. And, and probably the second after uh, God of War, the second most anticipated game that's coming out in the near future, one we've talked about, and, we're, and I'm just chomping at the bit. I am Jesus Christ coming to PC. Mm. Over or under 50, Joel? Oh. <laughs> Oh, it'd be, be over 50, but, <laughs> but uh, you know, how, how far over 50? Look, I, I think a game this niche is obviously really going to appeal to to hardcore Christians and, and... Simulator fans. Simulator fans and video gamers and wherever that Venn diagram crosses, they'll find their little niche in there. But, um, you know, I, I don't think it's going to get very good critical acclaim, unfortunately, for the developers, so... Steely over or under fifty for I am Jesus Christ. It's it's going to be under fifty. It's going to be forty-two. C <laughs> <laughs> Mac. Ah, uh, uh, over easy ninety-eight game of the year. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Look, I'm not. <laughs> so according to C Mac, I am Jesus Christ. <laughs> Game of the year. Wow. I'm a. Uh, I'm, I'm yeah. not <laughs> heard it here first. Contender. <laughs> I'm not quite the uh, believer as C-Mac is, but I think um, I think Jesus Christ <laughs> is going to part some seas and walk on water, and he's going to walk all the way up to 52 in the Metacritic score. Well, so it's certainly going to nice. certainly going to part your ass cheeks <laughs> when you have to hand over the uh, the required coinage. <laughs> <laughs> to buy it, that's for sure. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, and on that note, uh, thanks for playing overs and unders. Thank All right. You. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be interesting. We will have to do a follow up on that at some point to see how we went with yeah. our, with our yeah. scores. But um, yeah, yeah. lots I think of. I'm going to be wrong with Jesus Christ, <laughs> just quietly. <laughs> But again, that's another uh, showcase of some of the good games left to come this year. It's been a great game and great year yeah. in gaming. There's been some fantastic games that have come out this year. So, yeah, well, awesome. good Thanks. games left to come. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. Well, that's about all the time we have for t- this week on the Discerning Gamer podcast. Uh, if you would like to reach out to us, we're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, you can send us an email. All the details are in the show notes. And I'd like to say a big thank you to the DG crew, uh, starting with Fergus Fergamon Hamilton. Thanks, Ferg. Thanks, JB. Always a pleasure, mate. And thank you, Casey C. Mac McLaughlin. Thanks, Joel. And last but not least, the gaming chef. 
It's uh, Simon Steely McLaughlin. <laughs> yeah, well, what, everybody in my house? Thank you for having me, motherfucking. Yeah, lick it. Bow. Lick it before oh, you stick it. I really showed that I was a dad then because I couldn't actually say real words and I didn't do a very good accent. But thank you, Joel. So good to come come here into the back room of my house and talk to you and smell the smells of my own room. In it. All right. Well, we'll on that note, we'll, uh, we'll see you next week. See ya. Bye. Get your light, everyone. Get your light up. Yeah, have a good time.